you're a parent, a student, or a staff member that takes Northern Nevada high school sports seriously. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing. This is the Battleborn Preps Podcast. If it's high school sports in Northern Nevada, we're not only talking about it, we're right in the middle of it. News and information you can trust. Let's do this. This is the Battleborn Preps Podcast. And now your host, Michael Reeves. Good evening, everybody. We are getting started with our continuation of our countdown to kickoff series. This week, the Reed Raiders are on the podcast. And we talked to Garrett Hughes. We talked to Dakota Dunlap. We talked to Spencer Firebaugh, who had a terrific season last year. And then we talked to Aiden Flores, all terrific players that I really think could see some major contributions uh, this season. And I'm just super excited when we're talking about this Reed Raider team, a team last year that had a lot of tight games. You had to see a lot of fourth quarter comeback, fourth quarter drives, just a team filled with grit and perseverance. And I think you're going to hear that in some of the interviews that we give and uh, really excited to get into these interviews. Without further ado, we're going to kick it off with Coach Hughes. I'm here with the head coach of the Reed Raiders, Garrett Hughes. Garrett, thank you so much for the time. Uh, we're going to kind of go into this, taking position by position, then we're going to go over a couple of questions that uh, some people may find a little bit interesting to hear your opinion on. So last year you guys had Armand Bajois quarterback. This year... Who are we looking at, and uh, what have you seen from them progressively this offseason coming into what is this season? Um, Dakota Dunlap is a guy filling those shoes, big shoes to fill from Armand. I mean, he's a co-offensive player of the year and did a great job for us. Um, uh, Dakota was on uh, up with us last year as a sophomore on varsity as his backup. Um, and it's what we've really noticed very quickly is that he was definitely paying attention last year. Uh, didn't get many game reps, but he learned a lot, and he's hit the ground running. He's, he's had a really good offseason so far, so we're excited about him. We look at the running back position. Uh, Spencer Fireball had a great season last year. Uh, had some big runs in key moments when you needed him. Uh, do you expect more of the same this year? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a grinder. I mean, he had, he had a couple of really like a three-week stretch toward the end of the season that he didn't come off the field on offense or defense. Um, and he's, he's had a great offseason in the weight room. Uh, he's in the leadership role now out here on the field. So uh, we're excited to see what he's going to do this year. Look to the receiver core. And uh, before I touch on that, one thing that I love about your guys' two-deep roster, uh, looking at everything, there was a lot of sophomores last year, which means you're going to have a lot of juniors coming back all throughout the roster. Uh, receiver, that's that's no change. Uh, you got Borrego from last year. Uh, you have some other guys coming up. Uh, name a few guys that you really expect to have big years and some guys that, um, you know, you want your fan base to know about. Right. Um, you know, guys coming back, you know, one guy coming back in the starting role is Damian Taylor. Um, he was a guy who led our uh, receiving group in touchdowns last year, and he's, he's just picked up right where he left off. Um, Zach Taylor has really stepped up. He had a great offseason in the weight room, um, and he's, he's showing that he can potentially be a deep threat for us this year, a big body. Um, Malik Henderson's another one that was up with us last year. He's going to be a senior this year. Um, a guy that can really make some things happen after the catch. And, and a new face, um, a sophomore is going to be up with us, Xavier Pineda, um, that's really, really shown that he's ready to play at this level too. So we're excited about that core group. 
Now, going to the last part of your offense here on the line, you graduated four of your five starters, uh, but sorry if I mispronounce it, I think Zarate, uh, he's coming back and uh, should be a cornerstone for that offensive line, but uh, want to touch on him and maybe some other starters that may be coming into the mix? For sure. Uh, yeah, Janil, he's a returning starter. Um, he's had a, he's another one with a great offseason, gotten bigger and stronger, and, and just his feel for the offense helps us out a ton and experience. Aiden Flores will be right beside him at tackle. You know, he's a three-year starter for us now. He started um, back in that spring season as a sophomore, um, and he's he's just well, – I can't say enough good things about him. Phenomenal leader, um, work ethic in the weight room and out here on the field. Um, and we're stepping in some, some other guys. Dun uh, Dun Bloomfield started some games for us last year as a sophomore as a guard. Um, he's in that starting role now. Um, and then working another sophomore, uh, Matteo Iono, at the other tackle um, right now that's, that's really impressed us so far. So we're excited about that group. Now we switch to the other side of the ball. You're looking at the line. Uh, you, you touched on Aiden Flores, who's been big for you guys. Um, you know, other guys you want to touch on with Matty Lopez moving on? Right, yeah. I mean, Aiden's definitely the cornerstone. Um, Two-way starter last year and going to be again this year. He's he's just a different guy right now. I mean, he's he's 25 pounds heavier than he was last season, significantly stronger um, and healthy. You know, last year he had a high ankle sprain and, and battled through that toward the end of the year. Um, Riley Richards is a guy looking to step in and replace um, – Matty Lopez, that's another you know huge shoes to fill there. But we've been excited about him, and and we're rotating some other guys through um, to figure out who's going to be that other defensive end for us right now. Now we were talking about experience, a lot of juniors last year, and even some sophomores. When you're talking about that linebacker group, a lot of guys coming back. This may be one of your top positions. It looks like if you're coming on returners, uh, touch on that group. Yeah, the linebacker group we're really excited about. I mean, it was it was a spot that we had to take lumps last year for sure because how young we were. Um, but we knew that that experience would benefit us. Cooper Park started some games last year at inside for us. Um, he's gained 30 pounds this offseason. You know, he's really he's put in the work to be a, a dominant player this year. Uh, Sione Vacapuna is another guy that started some games for us as a sophomore last year. Got him back, um, showing some good things. Uh, Anthony Comba, you know, as a sophomore, starting outside backer last year. Um, did some really good things last season, and he's done nothing but get better. Um, so, so we've bringing back a lot of experience in that group that, you know, all three of those guys were sophomores last year starting games. And so having that experience on their belt and then an actual offseason in the weight room is definitely going to pay off for them. Uh, we touch on our, our second to last group. We've got the secondary here. Obviously, Fireball is going to go two-way. Um, Henderson's going to go two-way in a lot of ways. Um, anybody else you want to touch on? Yeah, I mean, uh, Beto Hurtado is a guy coming back that, that started for us last year and made some big plays and some big games. Um, and he's back out here, and he's, he's looking. He, he jumped right in where he left off, too. Uh, Damian Taylor's a guy that will see some time on that side of the ball, too. So uh, really across the board on, in, the, in the back half of our defense, it's a lot of experience coming back. One thing we're seeing a lot with uh, quarterbacks nowadays, especially here in northern Nevada, you're seeing them not only be the quarterback but be the punter to have that two-way uh, threat. Yeah. Uh, same deal with you guys. It looks like Dunlap's going to do the same. Um, are, are you expecting more from your um, from your punting game? And then we'll move on to the kicker yeah. as well. So, so right now we're hoping he's not our punter. Um, he can do it. Um, but we've got another guy with a really strong leg, Bodie Davis, that was doing it for some last year, and, and he's really improved a lot this offseason too. So we're hoping he takes that role over and does well with it. And, and we saw flashes of it last year, his first year doing it. Um, so hopefully we've got that, and we've got, we've got Dakota in, in reserve if we need him. 
Now we're going to touch on a few other topics here. Uh, the first one I, I I always find interesting talking to your athletic director Ryan Sims. He's told me for years, he's like, you know, this class coming up, this is going to be the year. This is going to be a great year. Uh, last year when I was dropping off magazines, he's like, those freshmen and JV players, they're going to be really good. Uh, first, it's kind of a two-pronged question. First part, speak on this class coming up, uh, because I do, you know, I see a lot of sophomores, a lot of juniors, and uh, even some freshmen on rosters. Speak about them, and then secondly, what does it mean to you to... Uh, to have just the numbers you do because I, I feel like you guys along with Spanish Springs along with some of the other bigger schools you know you guys always just have a good amount of kids coming out right yeah I mean you know COVID definitely set us back right with that I mean we had the, the spring season and, and had a lot of kids kind of choose not to play football with that and and that led into last season because there was you know just a few months in between them so our numbers weren't where we would like them to be last season um, obviously, we had a ton of sophomores up on varsity, um, but we knew that that's what we needed to do to kind of reset, get back to where we want to be. So now we're in a great spot. You know, that, that group that was on our freshman team last year um, did really, really well. It was a big group. You know, we've got them back and the majority of them playing JV this year. Um, another big freshman class with about 55, 60 guys coming in with a lot of talent. So, and, and along with the kids that were sophomores last year on varsity, you know, they're getting that extra experience. So now they're hopping in, you know, as juniors, now it's not their first year on varsity, it's their second year. So so we're excited about that and where we are as a program, we feel like we're getting back to having a big class each year and being able to just keep things rolling year to year and develop guys on the freshman and JV level. You've been the head coach here at Reed for a few years now, a little bit over. Um, you, you've done some good things with the program, turned some things around, um, built some things up. What is... When you're when you're talking about the community, when you're talking about this high school, the staff, these kids, what does the Reed Raiders mean to you? Um, I, the thing I like the most about Reed is we just have such a diverse group of kids. I mean, we've got people from every every little corner of our zone, um, and and it's cool to see them all come together and try to accomplish one goal. Um, and you can see we've got some guys with some speed, we've got some size, we've got some guys that are combo. Um, and just seeing that group come together. And there's a lot of pride in this community for our football program. We know the expectations are always high, and we're very comfortable with that. And we understand that uh, we want to be the last team standing in, in the north for sure. Now, you guys ended your season last year in an interesting way. The previous week to, uh, to the end of your year was uh, beating your rivals, Spanish Springs, and you, when you lost to them in the regular season. So your guys had a little bit of adversity. They dealt with it. They did a good job there. And then they had a tough loss against McQueen. How do you guys teeter that line of, hey, we had a great season and we want to continue building on it, but not letting them get too overconfident, especially beating a rival that late in the year? Right. Um, I don't think we can get overconfident, you know, going winning five games because um, they understand that's, that's not the expectation here. Um, I think some of those big wins we had down the stretch just kind of opened up the eyes, but especially with a lot of the young guys, of what we can do. Um, and we talk a lot about – and, you know, just understanding your job, your responsibility and doing the little things right because, you know, most of the games we lost last year came down to the wire. And anytime you've got close games like that, which, you know, our league was very competitive last year, um, it's a lot of times going to come down to who makes the fewest mistakes. So we were really harping on the discipline and doing the little things right. And our guys are definitely not uh, sitting overconfident for what we did last year. I think it's more of a hunger of knowing how close we were. 
Um, and then with all the experience we've got coming back, our guys want to come back and, and prove that we belong. One thing I've noticed with your guys' program, especially last year, when you're talking about that end of the season, uh, you know, some people were like, eh, they may be a little undersized, they may not have, as you were saying, the linebacking group, they may not have this, that, and the other. But one thing that your kids showed was a lot of heart and grit when it came to those games. A lot of games where you guys uh, were fighting it out on the last few possessions and uh, coming back in some of those. What does it speak as a head coach when... Uh, you've got not only a staff that still believes in your kids, but your kids still believe it in themselves, and just a program that has that "we'll never die" mentality. Well, I mean, it just goes to show that you know, like I said, with our staff and our team, that we all buy into the same thought, and that's one of our big core values to expect and attack adversity. We talk about it. You know, they're going to see it in their real life. You know, it's going to come. You got to be ready for it when it does, and be able to respond. And you know, we we try to put them in situations in the off season in practice. Um, to make them uncomfortable and so that when that happens out there Friday night they're prepared for it and they don't get rattled um, and they can just keep doing their job one play at a time and, and that showed last year that and I was proud of them doing that of being able to fight back into some games and come out on top. You've been coaching not just at Reed but other places uh, for a little bit since the beginning of your coaching career to now what would be one change that you've made that you're either most proud of or just happy that you made or happy that you're seeing football, high school football, is making over the years? Um, I mean, for me personally, it's um, being able to delegate a little bit more. You know, we've got a great staff here, and, you know, we keep adding to it and having guys that I trust um, to turn some things over to them, take some things off my plate and, and let them put their own flavor on it. Uh, I'm glad that I'm, I'm doing that more now. Um, and taking more of that head coaching role and being able to oversee everybody. And, and I think that, that it empowers our assistant coaches too. Um, and I'm just, I'm really excited right now, honestly, just, I feel like we're, I know it's still floating around, but I feel like as far as the football program goes, we're finally getting through the COVID mess. Um, Cause that, I knew it was going to take us a couple of years to come back from. Um, so I'm happy to see the amount of kids we've got out here um, consistently every day. And hopefully, you know, we can kind of get back to normal. Well, and with that delegation, I know uh, Ryan Sims was telling me you're uh, you've got some babies running around the household, so probably helps. Yeah, we we just had uh, my wife just had twins uh, four months ago, um, so we're up to three. You know, our our oldest is a year and a half, so we went pretty up tempo with that one. Um, so definitely keeps us busy. So that's that's the other piece that you know to keep my sanity and and keep Mama happy. I've got to be able to turn some things over to our other coaches and and not try to do everything myself. Well, people often forget you guys are people too. You're not just strictly Friday nights and practices every single day. You have families that ultimately put a huge sacrifice on the table, and uh, yeah. So the next question I'm going to ask is about the controversial 5A, 4A. Uh, a lot of people have given their opinion, but I'm curious what yours is. When it comes to 4A, 5A, there's two prongs to it. There's, hey, we, we just want to, because as of right now, let's be honest, uh, teams in the North are just like, we just want to make the state title game. We, we know there's a slim chance of winning it, but we just want to make it. So there's this controversy, should football go down 4A, 5A? And then there's the second prong of it. Should we take it as a sport-by-sport -sport basis, or should all schools just move down to 4A or all stay up at 5A? And it, it is a tough topic because you've got uh, wrestling teams that will win state championships at 5A, and then you've got baseball teams that haven't won state championships in 10 years, and then you've got football teams that uh, old coach Mike Rippey, who I share the booth with, uh, he, he hasn't – there haven't been state titles since he was coaching. So, you know, you've got uh, – 
you've got a lot of different opinions. What's yours? Uh, so I won't speak for other sports. I mean, I think it's, I'd probably lean towards that being a sport-by-sport sport thing. Um, but where we stand at, you know, we kind of looked at that as an association in the north um, this offseason and talked about it. And I went back and doing some research and, you know, there's not a lot of competitive balance, honestly, you know, where it is. I think since 2008, um, a northern team in our division versus a southern team um, in a postseason play, you know, the north's 3-12. and 12. You know, with the average margin of victory for us being about three points and our three wins and the average margin of defeat being about 34. Um, so we went back and really looked at those things, you know, to really make sure we're leaning the right direction on that. And I think the thing that doesn't get talked about enough um, when these conversations come up is enrollment. You know, the average enrollment for the Northern 5A, you know, we're right at 2,000 kids. And the average enrollment for the Southern 5A is about 3,000. You know, and that has to matter. You know, I come from a different state in Tennessee where that's essentially what you're making a decision on classification on is enrollment. And when you're talking a thousand different, that, that matters. Um, even the Southern 4A's average is about 2,500 kids. So we're still smaller than that. You know, their, their average is bigger than our biggest school. You know, we want to play, you know, the best competition across the board. You know, we're going our first game. We're going down to Vegas to play Faith Luther. And we want to, we want to play those teams. Um, but when you look at it, you know, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense when, you know, where the competitive balance is, you know, and average margin of victory, you know, being 34 points, we're nearing a mercy rule. Um, so, you know, my belief, and I've communicated with our coaches, that we should be playing in a 4A um, that's a lot closer to our enrollment numbers. Definitely. Um, one of the interesting things that happened this offseason, uh, a lot of new coaches instantaneously uh, after this these past two offseasons, you become one of the more tenured head coaches here in the North. Uh, speak to it on uh, some of the new coaches coming in. And I, I was asking Coach Howron, uh, Coach Greg, and I talked to uh, different coaches throughout these interviews. Just, you know, the quality of coach that's coming in. It, it I remember days where... You know, you'd have parents fighting for the head coaching job. Now it seems like we have extremely qualified guys to be coaching. Yeah, no, we've, we've definitely brought in some new blood into the into the league and um, hadn't, you know, got a lot of experience head-to-head -head with them yet, but we've had meetings and stuff and getting to talk with some of those guys. Um, seemed like some quality guys they brought into their programs, and, you know, we're excited to compete against them. Now, one thing I always find interesting um, is w being a head coach or being a coach in general you can practice, you can prepare on film, you can prepare the guys in the weight room, but when it comes to game day, you only have so much control. How do you handle that? Um, because I know a lot of people out there that wouldn't do well not having that much control of the game and truly the outcome, but uh, doing everything you can. Sure. I mean, uh, we just talked. I had a little sit down with our team talking about that yesterday that, you know, we're not out there with you. You know, we, we've got to get to the point, and you're usually in the off season, or at least definitely your lower levels, you know, you got a little bit more training wheels on with them, but you got to start pulling that back. And, and our thing, our philosophy coaching-wise, is we want to equip them with the answers to solve the problems on the field because, you know, we can game plan, like you said, and say this is what we're expecting, but the other teams make adjustments and coach and do that, and, and your kids have got to be empowered to know that they can solve problems on their own out there. So that's we try to teach it that way from the get-go. Um, and, you know, the closer you get to the season, you got to get more of that to where they're more independent out on the field. Now, you talk about uh, your assistance and delegating. Um, we've got two more questions here, but I think this one has to be asked when you're talking about the Reed Raiders. You've got guys like Cam Emerson who played here, just 
my gosh, it feels like yesterday. Um, and then you've got Coach Nez, who played at Damani Ranch, just uh, feels like yesterday as well. You've got some younger guys, but you've got some older guys that you can really trust. Speak to some of these coaches that, you know, not every staff is well-equipped with the best uh, assistant coaches, but I feel like you guys have some and some youthful ones at that. Yeah, I mean, I really think it's just like our players, you know, our coaching staff is a tight-knit unit. You know, it's a family um, you know, with Coach Duke coming in last year, Coach Drudy coming in last year, you know, Ness has been here as long as I have. Um, Coach Dennis, you know, we're all really tight. Cam Emerson being another one. Isaac McCoy coming on that, that I coached actually here his senior year too. So we've got a lot of guys that, you know, we might have some guys that aren't as experienced, but we're a close-knit group. I mean, we spend to get time together. Our families spend time together. Our kids spend time together. And I think that's a big piece of it. That's how we develop that relationship and that trust because we're all on the same page because of the time we invest together. Now, the last question, but I feel could be one of the most important questions. If you had one message to Raider Nation on why they need to pack the stadium on every Friday night and what you're going to see for people that are watching on Friday Night Rivals, what you're seeing every Friday night from Reed, why do people tune in? We're going to compete. I mean, I think we've shown that year after year. You know, last year I think we played some really exciting football games. We didn't always end up on top of them, but I think it's fun to watch kids that go out together and try to accomplish one goal. And like you said, to have that never-say-die attitude that you're going to see start to finish guys competing and giving everything they've got for each other. Well, thank you so much for the time. Thank you. We appreciate Coach Hughes's insight. Uh, obviously, that program was hit, you know, with a multitude of factors, whether it be the pandemic, whether it be the coaching change, whether it just be uh, the influx of new coaches as far as assistance. But I think the Reed Raiders are really taking the right steps to not only uh, become a quality program, but get back to their winning ways of past. And I'm really happy to see what Coach Hughes is doing over there. Uh, really quality guys all the way around that program when you're talking players, coaches, and administration. So I've always I've always been a big fan of what I've seen and heard from Reed, and uh, only time will tell how this season will play out for them. Uh, our next interview, we're going to talk to Dakota Dunlap. He's going to be the quarterback this year for the Raiders. He should have um, some good moments as as he he got to learn behind a guy in Armand Bajois. And I really think this season could be a big year for Dakota when you're talking about his athleticism, when you're talking about the way that uh, while while Coach Hughes was talking about not wanting him to have to be the punter, he could be if he has to be. So just that, that ability to play a little bit different of styles all the way around, I think Dakota's going to really have some good moments this year, and we're going to get into his interview. Here with Dakota Dunlap, quarterback of the Reed Raiders. Dakota, how does it feel to hear that word, or that phrase rather, be said, the starting quarterback of the Reed Raiders after after uh, backing up a great guy in Armand Bajois? I mean, it feels great. It's been my dream since I was a young kid, and I'm just, it's really, really exciting for me to actually be able to fill those shoes, and I have a lot to do to cover from what Armand left, but it's just a great thing to hear that I'm the starting quarterback. Now, Dakota, last year you guys had a pretty good season. Um, it, it was actually kind of interesting because you lost to Spanish Springs in the regular season, but then you won in the playoffs in, in a thriller. And then you guys ultimately lost to what would be 
in the state championship game, the McQueen Lancers. How does um, how do you guys reflect on last season, and how do you bring what happened last season into this season, whether it be motivation or or different things like that? Yeah, uh, for sure motivation, but I say we got to just stay more disciplined. In the Spanish Springs game, we got up at some point, and then we just started like being di- like undisciplined. Same with McQueen. Like we we just weren't disciplined at the end. We went through a lot of adversity, and this year we're just really focused on all of that and staying disciplined to ourselves and always preparing for that adversity. This off season, what are some things that you did to prepare yourself to get ready for this season and ultimately take over that starting job? Um, I worked out a lot. I had to get my body weight up, and I did. Uh, I did. I did track so I could get faster. I've just been really working as hard as I can every play. The coaches show some belief in you. Um, your players are showing some belief in you. Why do you feel that they all think you're the best man to start at quarterback? Probably because of just how hard I've worked. I've I've worked so hard since I was like four years old just to get this job, and I really put my all into everything, and it's always a competition with me. We're going to get into a couple of reflective questions here. What do you believe to be one of your weaknesses, and how do you turn it into one of your strengths? Ooh, uh, one of my weaknesses is when I get tired, I make a lot of mental errors. And it's just something that you have to work on, like, consistently. And it's definitely hard to do, but just you just got to train more and make sure you don't get too tired. Now, you ha- this could be um, one of the coaches on staff. This could be your parents. This could be an NFL player. But who's a role model or coach that you look up to and uh, either want to model your game after or just want to model your life after? Uh, definitely my dad. My dad is really sick right now, and I just want to make him as proud as I can while he's still alive. What about um, him truly inspires you to play on the field? Just how good of a man he is. Like, he's been through a lot of stuff, and he just always seems to keep his head up and just keep pushing th- forward and always stays positive about everything. This is an interesting one because it could be different being a quarterback from a kicker to a different position, but which strengths do you believe make you a great athlete? Honestly, probably how fast I can learn. Like, you could tell me something and just show me how to do it, and I'll know it for a very long time, and I could learn really fast off of that. Last question, but I feel it's one I have to ask every player. What do you feel is the biggest challenge facing high school football athletes today? Probably adversity. A lot of kids don't really expect it, and when it hits them, they just fall and crumble. And that's something I read. Like, we, as a team, we always work on it, and we're always trying to do our best when adversity comes, and even our coach will always prepare us for it. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you. Talking to players like Dakota Dunlap, talking to coaches like Garrett Hughes, you know, uh, Coach Hughes talked about being a father, not not for the first time, but uh, having two little ones running around the house and uh, keeping mom happy. And then, and then, you know, it got me a little emotional interviewing Dakota, but uh, Dakota didn't get too much in depth to it, and he neither does he have to, but just about what is going on at home. I mean, a lot of people... We, we can say the names, and the people that have been around Northern Nevada know, you know, from all the way back when we're talking about, you know, the Joe Sellers coaching, you know, Ken Dalton, we're talking about, we're talking about the history, and we, we often remember their accomplishments on the fields, but the reason 
that I love doing this podcast, love doing this magazine, love covering these kids, is A, we've always wanted to give them as much exposure as possible and just give them a platform to speak on if they ever want to, and B, for these stories. Um, I mean, how many people are going to know during the season that uh, Dakota Dunlap's dad is going through something. And that's that's part of the person because people need to remember, and, and Donnie Nelson said in one of our previous podcasts, how we're not just athletes that are on the field and all they care about is yards, touchdowns, interceptions, fumble recoveries, things of that nature. It's about what happens when you are not seeing them on the field, whether that be practice, you know, that bond between coach and player, whether that be at home. I mean, I know a lot of these players have said, whether it be on the podcast or when I've had them off the microphone, um, they've they've talked about some of the things that are going on at home. So, you know, Dakota, our... Our hearts really do go out to you and your dad, and I really hope that uh, not just not just for his sake, but for yours as well, that you do have a terrific season, and that you know you can continue the tradition of Reed always having one of those quarterbacks that is uh, just accomplishing great things. So, without further ado, we're gonna turn it over to the running back, Spencer Firebaugh, who had a terrific season last year, and he's gonna talk about how he's changed his body quite a bit to make sure that he isn't the first man taken down in the field of play. I'm here with Spencer Firebaugh, starting running back of the Reed Raiders. Spencer, last year you guys had an interesting year. It was a loss against your rival Spanish Springs in the regular season, then a win in the playoffs and a gutty performance, and then you guys had a chance to beat the McQueen Lancers to potentially... Uh, play in a regional championship. Uh, speak speak on last year and what that ge- what that does to you as far as motivation, moving on to this year, how you deal with that and how you handle that. I mean, we got hot after that Spanish Springs game and we were all feeling good, but then that McQueen game, uh, after that game and our season ended, it just, used, it just became fuel for us to want to work harder this season and get to where they were last season because that opportunity. Now, this year... You guys have a ton of guys out here. It, it, the numbers are pretty daunting. Now, what does it speak when not only you can be a leader of a football team, but a leader of a program that that has this group of numbers and a lot of guys that are looking up to you? Well, everybody looks up to all the leaders and stuff, but we have such a good group of kids that everybody wants to get better and they all help themselves. We're just there to tell them what to do, but everybody wants to work out here and we want to all be successful. Now, you've played here at Reed, I want to say three years as far as a starter, um, or three years getting some getting some good time as a running back position. Now, Coach Hughes really relies on you. What what is your relationship like with the coach Hughes? Uh, it's pretty comfortable and like close because I've been with him uh, since early my sophomore year, and just the bond we formed in the weight room and just everything. He's really relatable and helps you whenever you need it. When we're talking about this year, what is something you took from last year as far as the off season and improved upon for this year? 
Uh, I would say breakaway speed because there was a couple times against McQueen, Reno, where I was a tackle away from breaking it big, but I just didn't have the speed to get it done. And it just kind of hurt seeing that on film, so that's really been one thing I've worked on. A little bit of motivation for this year. Um, now we're going to get into some of the self-reflective questions. In a perfect world, in five years, where does Spencer Firebaugh see himself? Uh, hopefully somewhere on campus in college because that's always been my dream to play and get my school paid for. And that's a big motivator for my mom too. And uh, she, I know she would be happy to see me there and I know I would as well. Now you talked about uh, school and the next step. Um, what are some things that you would consider weaknesses that you can turn into strengths to get to that next step? Uh, I wouldn't really determine it uh, like weakness I can control, but size is a big one. So I've really worked on uh, like physicality and like speed just to like get away from the bigger dudes because I'm not like the biggest, but I can compete with them. Now, there's a lot of great coaches out here on staff. You have your parents. Um, there's some great NFL players. Name somebody that is either a coach or role model that you want to either emulate a little bit, whether it be football-wise or just as, as a life, in life perspective. I mean, Coach Hughes really sets the perspective for us and like how our season should go and that we have the capability of doing it. And he keeps us motivated. And uh, seeing that he played D1 football really encourages all of us. And he knows what it's like and tells us what we need to work on. A lot of people see what you do on Friday nights on the football field. But name a hobby or interest outside of football or something that people would just find interesting to know about Spencer Fireball. Uh, well, one thing I've always done since uh, I was younger is ride dirt bikes and stuff, but I try to lay back during the season just to prevent injuries and stuff, but it's a good way to stay in shape because your whole body works, and then come football season it transfers just because I'm not like physically fatigued. And then last but not least, what do you believe is one of the biggest challenges facing high school athletes or high school football athletes today? I mean, it's not college yet, but the grind of schoolwork, going to work, and football practice, and then having to put everything out there on Friday is kind of uh, a challenge for all of us. But we all get through it. It's that adversity we face, and it's going to come one way or another, so why as well uh, expect it. Well, thank you so much for the time. Yep. We appreciate Spencer giving us a little bit of insight onto what he is doing, into what he is doing, rather, this offseason and going into this season, what he has done to not only uh, change his body, but improve upon the speed that he has gained. Uh, some guys, that's just kind of God-given talent when the, when you talk about that breakaway speed. Um, and then some guys, it, it it's something you really got to work at. And then uh, there are other guys that just don't have the talent to uh, really improve their speed the way that they could be. So it just all depends on the position, the group, uh, the type of guy, and the type of athlete overall. Um, Spencer should have a great year, and I'd expect uh, great things to come from him uh, when we look at the end of the season for the Raiders. Our last player, Aiden Flores, gives us a little bit of insight um, onto what kind of makes him tick, and uh, we're going to end that. Um, but basically... After his interview, we'll end the podcast, but my, my preview for the Reed Raiders, I think when you're talking about the top three or four teams in the area, I think Reed is definitely up there, and if they play to their potential, who knows, they could be competing with a team like a Bishop Minogue, um, 
They could be competing against the Spanish Springs. It's it's going to be a good year for a lot of teams, but it also is a volatile year for most of the teams to where I could definitely see a lot of teams this year competing for state champ or not competing for a state championship, competing for a regional championship, or I could see a lot of teams, uh, you know, having rebuilding years. So it just all depends. Everything's so volatile in Northern Nevada football, but I think the Raiders definitely have the potential to be one of the best teams here in the area. Without further ado, though, we're going to start the Aiden Flores interview, and we hope you all join us next week as we will have the Douglas Tigers on the podcast. Uh, Aiden, what it, last year was an interesting year for you guys. You guys beat Spanish Springs in the playoffs. You lost to them in the regular season. But then you had a chance to play for a regional title, and you came up just short against McQueen. How do you take that game and some of the experiences from last year and build upon them this year? Uh, I just take it as motivation. I kind of just build up. Uh, I want to have a better year and just, just ball out this year. Excuse me. Motivation and stuff. We talk about what you've done in the off season and different things. How did you go into this off season and improve yourself uh, was it more mental? Was it more physical? Was it a certain skill? What What were you focusing on this off season? Uh, just physically building myself, like going in the weight room, getting big, and then, and then I'm just focusing on like, just like my, like what I do and like how I can use my hands more and just like the defensive end and left tackle and how I can build on that. Now we talk about coming into this season. You've got some guys returning that have been some mainstays. Uh, I just talked to Spencer Firebaugh. What does it mean to to not only play with some great seniors that you've played with before, but you've got you've got now um, some juniors and sophomores even on the roster that are going to contribute. You guys have a good mix of guys. What does it mean to you to have that mix? Oh, it's great. I could just build bonds with different people and just, you know, come out here and ball out with them. This year, you guys are taking on Faith Lutheran. You're taking on some out-of-town opponents um, that you haven't seen before. How do you prepare for games that that you have a, an opponent and you don't see every day? Uh, just study your opponent, be ready, watch film, you know, drink up, stay hydrated and stuff. We're going to go to a couple of self-reflective questions. Aiden, in five years, in a perfect world, where do you see yourself? Uh, I see myself, well, I want to play college ball and maybe go to the NFL. Uh, that's, what, that's what I'm trying to go for. Um, what would you say is your biggest weakness, and how do you turn it into a possible strength? Um, I would say my biggest weakness is just sometimes I'm like speaking up as a leader. I need to speak up way, way more as a leader, and that's what I should build on. How do you how do you take some of that in some of those introverted qualities and and become a little bit more extroverted because you definitely have shown it on the football field that you're a leader, um, but but letting the guys know that hey I'm here and I am a leader in this locker room. Uh, just speak up, motivate them, keep them going. You know, just be here for them. Over this year, are there any short-term goals you'd like to accomplish over the next few months, um, as far as your football play? Um, not too many, just build bonds, just get closer with the team, you know. 
as far as strengths, which strengths make you believe that you're a great athlete? Uh, I would say my quickness as like a DN and like my pass blocking for sure. Okay. Is there a coach or athlete, and I'll even throw Perrin in there, that you look up to and kind of want to emulate, whether it be on the field or just in life? Uh, well, I look up to a lot of people in the NFL, like Miles Garrett and, you know, Aaron Donald. I just like, I just try to like apply their stuff to mine and just be strong. You know. Last question, but it's a serious one. What do you believe is the greatest challenge high school football athletes face today? Um, I would say just like showing up every day because it takes a lot of dedication to show up and, and work hard, like in the weight room and schoolwork, just keeping your grades up and stuff. Well, thank you so much for the time, Aid. All right, thank you. You've been listening to the Battleborn Preps Podcast. If you're a parent, student, or staff of Northern Nevada High School Sports, you can always trust us with news and info. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Twitter at Battleborn Preps. And for schedules, news, and more info, hit the website at bbpreps.com. See you next time on the Battleborn Preps Podcast. <laughs>